They're having a meeting in Davos, Switzerland. The people in this meeting are not well known. Um, they're not open political figures, most of them. You probably wouldn't know them if you tripped over them. But these people are influencing our politicians in this country and politicians all around the world. And they're changing our way of life. We should actually go over a couple of things. We should go over, because I'm not sure how much I'm going to be able to get through in a half hour. But we should go over what is the Great Reset. Talk about the Great Reset. Give a definition to it. And then, if I can today, I will go over what these people are actually saying in Davos, Switzerland. And hopefully, this does scare the living crap out of you. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, this is going to be a heavy show today. Uh, it, it's not going to be. It's not going to be easy. And maybe if you're interested, you might have some homework. I don't know. So um, right now, the media is not reporting any of this. Of course, we've got so much going on right now with the shooting, with the war in Ukraine, which seems to be forgotten. Monkeypox, uh, the Roe versus Wade overturn. I mean, there's so much going on. The media is not reporting us. But the reality is, even Fox News is not reporting this. But the reality is, this is important. A group of elites have gotten together in uh, Davos, Switzerland, to discuss. This is known as the World Economic Forum. They've gotten together uh, to discuss how to reshape the economy of the globe and how to globalize the economy. Now, I can already tell you right off the bat, uh, there's no way I'm getting through. I, I think just talking about the Great Reset, or what they're called the Fourth Industrial Revolution, is going to take me a long time. And I've read three books on this subject, so I think it's important. And what I give you in a half hour is only a tenth of what they're talking about and what they're planning and what they've already implemented. So I think we need to talk a lot about this. And then tomorrow, I actually will probably do a podcast tomorrow. I will go over I will go over what they're talking about in Davos, Switzerland, because it is being it is being broadcast. It's really boring. I don't watch the whole thing. I, I basically wait for uh wait for a reporter who I really like to send out video clips of the meetings. Um by the way, yeah, I really like them, which means the World Economic Forum or the WEF, they don't like him. They've already had him detained once. It, it is just a bizarre bizarre world. All of that will cover. And then we're going to talk about what is actually happening and what Joe Biden is doing, and it all comes together. It all works. But the first thing we need to do, and this is probably all we're going to do today, is talk about the Great Reset. Now, I've talked about the Great Reset before. I've mentioned it. I've never really got into what it is. Uh, a lot of people on the left 
say that it is really nothing more than a conspiracy theory and it should be ignored. Don't listen to crazy people like Alex Jones, who I don't listen to Alex Jones, but supposedly he's a, a big Great Reset guy, mm-hmm. or um, or Glenn Beck, which is insane. You should read Glenn Beck's book about the Great Reset because it is it is really good and is banned. A lot of places ban that book. Amazon banned the book. So it's a good idea to actually read it because when they start banning books, you know that there's there's obviously something they don't want you to know in the book. And that's one of the reasons why I made sure. This is one of the reasons, folks, you always get hard copies of books. Uh, So I've got the book right here. I'm looking at it. I've read it twice already. Uh, And I've also read Klaus Schwab's book called COVID-19, The Great Reset. And he is the head, he's the founder and the chairman of the World Economic Forum. And his book, and he actually has two of them, he has one called The Great Reset, and he has another one called The Great Narrative. I've read both of them. And one book says why we need a great reset, and the other book basically says how we get there. Excellent books. No, I mean, they're terrifying books. They're easy to read. They're long. I, they, they, it is dry reading. But you can see a lot of what's going on in the world today just by reading these books. It makes a lot of sense now. So it is, it is not a conspiracy theory. It is real. It is happening. They're discussing it. There are several books written about it. Colleges are teaching colleges are teaching this okay and they're actually not calling it the fourth industrial revolution they're calling it the great reset and the one thing that really so let's just let's just get out of it now why is it important to understand this because it's beginning to affect our day-to-day lives inflation is not an accident our national debt is not an accident. High gas prices are not accidents. Food shortages, these are not accidents. It is all done per plan. And Joe Biden, whether he did does it on purpose or not, he's saying it now. And I've got clips of that. He actually says there's going to be a new world order. Yes, the gas prices, they're high, but that's but when it's over, the world's going to be a lot better when we, we cruise into, uh, we get rid of fossil fuels. He's saying, he said that day before yesterday. And I'm going to play you the clips tomorrow. So this is actually happening. And then there are other things that are happening in our society, which are not really sanctioned, but we've never seen them before. 30 years ago, we would have never seen things like riots and sustained riots and protests now yeah everyone's going to point out well yeah but we had the rodney king riots yeah the rodney king riots lasted for three days and then it ended we have sustained protests in 2020 the riots lasted for about five months caused billions in damage they're talking now we're going to be rioting this summer there's going to be riots this summer And they will be month-long riots. Crime. Or this justice reform garbage. In 1993, Joe Biden 
actually wanted to put people in prisons. Now you've got people like Joe Biden, the Democrats, George Soros, that are trying to make sure nobody is in prison. You've got woke corporations who are doing things that are just not really something most of the population is going to be embracing. State Farm, for example, giving books to schools that talk about transgenderism. That happened this week. And of course, people threw an absolute fit. And now State Farm's not doing it anymore. But this is kind of weird stuff. Why would they do something like that? You've got the attacks on the courts. The Supreme Court leaked document of the Roe versus Wade decision. That is unheard of. You've got people standing in front of courthouses, uh, courthouses and, and homes of the justices protesting. This is unheard of stuff. We're looking at energy shortages. California is saying, well, we're going to have a lot of brownout and blackouts this summer because we don't have enough energy production. We're going to have water shortages this summer because of a, a, because of a um, drought. This is the United States of America. How does that happen? The indoctrination of children in schools. Now, public schools, I always believed indoctrinated children. I don't think there was any difference. I thought they were always indoctrinated in and, and just basically put education like, I don't know, math and English and writing. Those were always on the back burners in public schools because I my kids were in public schools. I, I saw it. But now they're open about it with gender, the radical gender theory, critical race theory. That stuff has become the priority. Social justice. This is. This is all there. Racism claims. You realize in the 70s and 80s, while I was growing up, racism was not even an issue. It was barely discussed. It, the worst thing you could be called in the 70s, 80s, and 90s was a racist. That was the worst thing. Now, I, I just it, that's just opening Twitter. Racism is everywhere. Attacks on religion. Religion is evil. Attacks on the nuclear family. Them sitting, the the country basically telling you, well, you don't have to get married. Well, if she gets pregnant, go get an abortion. All of this is part of it. None of this stuff happened in the 30s, 30 years ago. 30 years ago, abortion was really bad. If you had to have one, okay, you had to have one. But you didn't talk about it. You didn't, and you didn't sit there and scream, I've had 17 of them. Which these people are doing today. Heck, we didn't even, well, all this stuff, the idea is all this stuff is necessary for a great reset. The great reset needs conflict. The great reset needs indoctrination. The great reset needs people to suffer so that people in other countries can be raised up. The great reset says people need to stop being consumers. People need to stop owning things. We'll get. I'm. I'm going off on a on a uh, a deal. So let's do this. Let's go over the Great Reset. All right. And the Great Great Reset. This is all from Klaus Schwab's book. This is all from the world, uh, the World Economic Forum's website. I am not making any of this stuff up. I've got the links on my website. Go 
grab the links, read it. It's all there. This stuff is also being taught in colleges, like I said. So this is not something that's uncommon. You can go to any college they talk about this. Their economic departments actually teach this. So, the fourth industrial revolution. Well, the first thing that Schwab says is that revolutions occur during great peaks in history. For example, after the Black Death, the bubonic plague outbreak that almost wiped out, what, a quarter of the population of Europe? There was a great reset then. He said after World War II, there was a great reset after World War II. And you can, you can point to World War II and say, yeah, that makes sense. There was a great reset after World War I. Any major shocks, there was a great reset after 9-11. We don't think much of it, but there is. I mean, you go into an airport, you basically have to get naked before you can get onto a plane. That's part of a reset. The DHS, Department of Homeland Security, was created. And we see how that's going. So every major historical uh, quake has created a reset of one kind or another, whether it's a great reset or not. Okay. Well, same with economics. There have been three industrial revolutions. And what Klaus Schwab wants to do is push the fourth revolution. And that fourth revolution is because it could be kicked off. And he says that in his book. It's called COVID-19, The Great Reset. That's what the book's called. You can type it and look at it. Read it if you really want to be really bored. But anyway, um, he said COVID-19 should kick us into the fourth industrial revolution. Okay, so what were these industrial revolutions? You're probably asking me that. Okay, again, all from the World Economic Forum's website. The first revolution was the use of steam and water to to mechanize production. Okay, it was to start to mechanize production, steam and water. That's how we created energy. The second great revolution was the use of electric electric power to use to create mass production. Okay, so here you're talking about probably in the 20s, 30s. Um building of airplanes, building of cars, things like that. And finally, the third great reset is the use of electronic technology to automate mass production. You go to an ATM You type in your PIN and it gives you money. You don't need to go into the bank anymore. As a matter of fact, the banks don't even want you to go in. You go to McDonald's, you order from a kiosk. You don't have to deal with people. Those are automated. Car manufacturing, for example, is pretty much all automated now. Very few people are needed to build a car. So what is the fourth? The fourth industrial revolution. Revolution is defined as the global integration through advanced technology of business, supply chains, and governments. Okay? In other words, the economy isn't in one country anymore. The economy is a world economy, a global economy. And by the way, that's a simple definition. Essentially, all aspects of life will become global in nature. Corporations and governments will work together following a centralized global board that will define the regulations everyone must follow, all corporations must follow. 
by the way, they're already doing that. Okay, we're going to get to that. That's why this is going to be a little longer. They will read, they will, this, the goal of this is to control global warming, end global warming. As a matter of fact, this is what he, uh, Schwab says in his book. COVID-19 is a chance for us to end global warming. You ever wonder why they pushed COVID-19? Less than 1% of the population died from if you caught um, COVID-19. I think it was like 0.5% of the population died. I know people in their 80s that survived. And the average person, the, do- the person who died, the, he had on average four comorbidities. By the way, that's just the flu. Why did they lock us down? Why did they do all this stuff? Could it have been on purpose? Okay, so so uh, end global warming, promote equity. Mind you, not equality. Equity. And you, when you provide equity at a global level, what does that mean? It means everyone in Rwanda is the same as everyone else in the United States. That should really trip you out a little bit. Well, how do you do that? We'll talk about that. Um, redistribute wealth. Well, yeah, I talk about it now. But redistribute wealth to poorer countries and centralize the means of production. So you have one board that controls everything. And if you make $200,000 a year, yeah, you're going to be taxed to death so that we can give that person in Rwanda some money so that you and he can be equal. That's the idea. Now, as you can imagine, uh, there are some real issues with this whole idea. It's kind of a scary. It's kind of a scary idea. Glenn Beck calls, and it's already creeping into our lives. Let Let's be very clear. This is already happening. Okay, and it's been happening for probably the last ten years. It just happens in increments. It doesn't just come all at us at once. Little increments, and we'll talk about it as I go through my list here. Glenn Beck calls this twenty-first century fascism. I like that statement. I just see it as global communism because all the pains of communism and, well, all the pains of fascism too, we're going to see. We're going to experience with this whole thing. But the issues, but this thing has some real issues. And most of these issues, we already see. The first and foremost issue is the dissolution, the dissolution of national sovereignty. We are now going to let a foreign board determine how our businesses run. Our businesses can't even decide how our businesses run. They must, they must actually follow a set of regulations. We'll get to how they're doing this now. They're doing it already. We'll talk about how they do it. That's something called an ESG score. I'm sure you've heard of it because it's being talked about. The destruction of capitalism. They do this by replacing shareholder capitalism with stakeholder capitalism. So companies don't worry about their profits and giving money to the shareholders who actually invest in the company. They worry about 
the stakeholders, which is society, the environment as a whole. So that widget that someone sells, they don't make a great widget so that the person that invested in the company that makes the widget, they don't con- they're not concerned about that, that person. They're concerned about the worker. They're concerned about the society in general. By the way, shareholder capitalism, uh, stakeholder capitalism, yeah, it's not working. But that's happening now. When you see Disney support uh, this don't say gay bill or not support this don't say gay bill and be very vocal about it because of 200 employees left Disney World, that's stakeholder capitalism. They are worried about what, what their employees think. Whereas with shareholder capitalism, you tell those guys to quit and you worry about your profits for the shareholders. That's capitalism. That's real capitalism. Matter of fact, one of the big uh, one of the big trade-offs, they keep saying that they call it stakeholder capitalism. There's no such thing as stakeholder capitalism. You can't worry about that. That's not how it works. That's not capitalism at that point. Um, reorganizing wealth to raise poor nations, which is something they keep pushing. Oh, yes, we're going to bring Re- Rwanda back into the world community so that they're productive and everything else. Of course, they can't have oil and they can't have electricity and stuff like that because that's environmentally unfriendly. You see the, you see the conflict there. But they never mention, but we're going to bring the United States back down to where we want Rwanda to be. So United States and Rwanda will be equitable. Right? Replace the use of fossil fuels with... Um, well, yeah, we don't know. We have no idea. This is being done right now, by the way. California, we talk about we t- we talk about blackouts and brownouts and rising energy prices. Yeah, that's because they are cutting down their nuclear energy. Their California is cutting down their use of fossil fuels. They're u- they're trying to use um, solar and wind. And solar and wind just don't produce enough energy. So now in the summer, when we start turning on our air conditioners, we can expect blackouts and brownouts. And they're saying that. In California, we're also suffering from a huge water shortage. The governor is sitting back, Newsom, that Barbie doll of a man, is sitting back and telling us we need to cut our water usage by 15 to 25% this summer. Really? In the United States of America. And by the way, California, next to a rather large ocean, why are we converting the water? Why are we still buying water from the Colorado River? Why are we converting the water from the ocean? There are a ton of countries that actually do that. We could set up a couple, I think it's $4 billion to create a, a water uh, sanitation plant. $4 billion. And it could be done. But these people don't want to do that. I don't know why. Why do you think? How about the gas prices? They keep telling you you want to get a, go get an electric car. Hey, they don't want you driving. In California, they say by 2035, there will be no more gas cars. That's what they're saying by 2035. That's why I got to get out of this crap hole state. Uh, drastically reduce food production. Have you been into stores lately? I can't even find pasta. We've got baby formula gone. We've got Joe Biden saying, yeah, there's going to be food shortages. And then he blames the supply chain and things like that. 
Well, we also have a fertilizer shortage. So we can't grow crops now. For some reason, people are ignoring the fact that 19 different food production factories, I think that's a conspiracy theory, have burned down in the last year. I, I do think that's a conspiracy theory. But you had the government shut down Abbott, which made a lot of baby formula for no particularly good reason. Abbott was able to prove that the, the problem with uh, the babies getting sick, they already proved that, no, it didn't come from here. But they shut it down anyway. They want to change what we eat. They want us to stop eating beef, stop eating chicken, go on a go on a uh, go on a vegan diet or a vegetarian diet. Heck, CNN did a a spot where they showed how eating bugs was okay. Um, they want to end property ownership. This is all out of the book, by the way. They want to end property ownership. You should rent property. You don't need want to end it. California's doing that right now. They want to make it that, well, no, you're not going to build a house there. You're going to build an apartment building there. You've got BlackRock, who's running around the United States during this recession, buying up property left and right. This is happening. As a matter of fact, we'll go a step further. They don't want you to own anything. That refrigerator, that's 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 not owned. Your microwave? Yeah, no, that's not owned. By the way, the leasing of cars? You wonder when people start leasing their cars? Do you think maybe that's on purpose? That was about uh, leases have been around for a while. But the idea is control consumerism. And we already see that's happening. They're trying to do that. Um, then tracking people. And yes, that is in his book. That is in his book. Tracking of people. Where you go. What you eat and drink. What you buy. But all this done on a global scale. And it's funny, when we listen to what they talked about in, in the WEF, they talk about that. They talk about how they're going to know when you, are, when you have taken a vaccine. They're going to know what your health status is. They're just going to be able to look. This is biblical revelations crap, remember? Oh, we're going to tattoo you? This is... This is, this is the kind of crap they did during the Holocaust. This is scary stuff. This is what they're doing in China. Finally, censorship. They want to control disinformation and misinformation. They talk about that too. Yeah, we're definitely going to have to talk about this tomorrow. We're definitely going to have to hear what these guys are saying because it's scary. And most of them, not from this country. You got to understand something. Free speech is a United States. It's really only the United States that does that. No other country has free speech. Everyone talks about it in Canada. And Canada doesn't have free speech. You can go to jail if you misgender somebody. In Germany, if you say the Holocaust didn't happen, not only would you be seen as an idiot, you'd be put in prison. In England, they actually monitor your social media. And the police, especially during COVID, 
the police could actually go to your house and discuss what you posted on social media. We don't have free speech in this country. They don't have nobody in the world has free speech like we do. And then of course, censorship, the Hunter Biden story. Look at the, look at the social media platforms. They kick people off because somebody says something they don't like. And who's going to determine that? That global board. A glo- a bunch of global elites who don't like censorship right off the bat. And by the way, gun thing, you think the whole gun control argument is an accident? They, they've been trying to get serious gun control now. They, they want gun abolition. They want guns gone. They want full gun confiscation. Well, before we get crazy about gun confiscation, how'd that work out in Australia and New Zealand? They only got 50% of the guns. But the problem is, in the places where they did get the guns, guess what? Now they're being rounded up and put into... Um, internment camps because they they got COVID. They're being stuck inside their houses. The government has become tyrannical. Look at Canada doesn't have guns. And look at how tyrannical that Justin Trudeau is. Speaking of male Barbie doll. All of this stuff is described in Klaus Schwab's book. Though through a rosy lens. And a lot of this stuff is already, a lot of this stuff is already happening. Now, why do companies go woke? And this is going to be the living proof that this is happening. Even though they decide to go woke, even though 75% of the population thinks this is, some of the things they're doing is bad and there's a backlash, like Disney, what Disney did, or what State Farm did. A lot of corporations use a score called the ESG score. The ESG stands it stands for Environmental, Social, and Governance score. Score. Uh, score. You may even have seen an ESG score in your inv- investment portfolio because a lot of companies use it. A lot of companies use it, and a lot of investment companies use it. So they will actually give you an ESG score if you invest in a company. This score is by the World Economic Forum. This was a Klaus Schwab invention. And what it's for is to rate a company based on the regulation based on the company's adherence to the regulations of the WEF. Now the company doesn't have to do that. A lot of companies don't re- refuse to do it. But companies do, they have to participate, they have to do what the WEF says. Okay, we had a similar thing in the United States called the National Recovery Act under FDR or the NRA. That what happens is a company, a business, if they followed all of the regulations, that's fascism by the way, if it covers all of the regulations that the NRA states, they get to put a sticker on their window. It's found to be, guess what? Unconstitutional. The ESG scores, yes, they're unconstitutional. You can't force someone to do it unless you pack the Supreme Court and get yourself a bunch of, uh, get yourself a bunch of um, Supreme Court leftist Supreme Court judges in there. That's why companies are going work woke. Um, Disney works in China. China supports the ESG scores. That's another thing that's really disturbing. 
And so in order to maintain a high W uh, ESG score so that they can do filming in China, they have to go woke. State Farm, I bet you if you go to State Farm, they've got an ESG score. They think we are going to go global and follow the WEF. And with the politics, uh, this is what corporations think, sorry. Corporations think that we are going to go global eventually. And they want to get a head start with the to get into the best graces of the WEF. And with the politics right now, we could be going in that direction. Joe Biden is an open fan of the of the WEF. Barack Obama, an open fan of the WEF. They're both fans of the Great Reset. John Kerry is at the World Economic Forum uh, conference right now. He spoke. You're going to hear him speak over there. But they're not hiding it. They all say it. We are going, I mean, Joe Biden just in March sat there and said, we're going for a new world order. He's not thinking that, okay, it's just going to be the post-COVID-19 pains that we're going to go through. That's not what he means. We are going through, have a world order. Here's what's most disturbing about this whole thing. This is a centralized board of elitists. And I'm going to call them elitists because these people aren't smart. They're just rich. And they're stupid. Actually, I take it back. It's not only are they not smart, they're stupid. Nothing that they're saying makes any sense. And everything they've tried, they want to do, has already been tried and never, never worked. I know that. As far as I'm concerned, I'm smarter than uh, Klaus Schwab. I read his book and I, I, I've got markings in his book. And it's just like, this is BS. Where did you come up with this? What about this? What about that? A couple of the things he says, because he basically breaks down um, the reset into three areas. Macro, which is basically policy. And there's a lot to it, but it's basically national and government uh, global policies. Micro, which is individual um, corporations, how they will change. And then individual, which is what I'm going to do to change. You know, I'm going to stop eating meat, things like that. So it, it is, it, it's a complex, it's a big book, but a lot of this crap you read and you're like, no, why? No, you can't do that in this country. That's the beauty of this global reset thing is that um, it's unconstitutional. <laughs> None of this stuff is constitutional. You can't stop any of this stuff in the United States. It takes one person to sit there and take it to the Supreme Court. It's out. I mean, the NRA, the National Recovery Act under FDR, that was taken to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court kicked it out. And he had a liberal court. That's why there were so many screams for packing the court by FDR, but the Congress wouldn't go for it. That's what's scary. That it's a group of elites that have no accountability to the United States. They don't care about the United States. They are globalists. Matter of fact, Schwab does nothing but demonize the United States and demonize nationalism. Here's what's, what's scary. They're also not voted in. This board is selected. Nobody votes for these people. They're just selected, probably by the board itself. And this is what's really, really, really disturbing. They use China as an example of how to create this system. 
They use China as an example. Well, we could do this. This is what China's doing. We could do that. We can use China for the ESG. The ESG is actually based on a China social score. The redistribution of money, governmental money, so money funds in China, all business is funded by the Chinese government. That's why the Chinese government has the little sticky fingers into everything. They want to use that, except they want to use that at a global scale. Of course, they kind of ignore the fact that China is in a recession right now and their GDP is nothing. But they, they use that, but they want everyone's GDP to be nothing. They had Xi Jinping speak at the conference. They had George Soros, who's a communist and a fascist and is responsible for a lot of the mess within this country. He spoke at the conference yesterday. This should disturb everyone. And it needs to be talked about. It needs to be exposed that this is actually happening. Not a conspiracy theory. I've got a book written by the guy. I have, go to the website. There are going to be links right to the WEF where they talk about this. John Kerry is at the WEF. Donald Trump went to the WEF when he was president. Obama went when he was president. So, just be aware. You think gas prices are going to go down anytime soon? Nope, they're not. Okay, this is my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I will definitely have a, another podcast tomorrow because I've got a lot of stuff I want to cover here. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.